welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 333. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be finishing off Star Trek Prodigy's first season with the episodes Supernova Parts 1 and 2, and we're going to discuss them as one. Here we go. Supernova Season 1, Episodes 19 and 20, original release dates, December 22nd and December 29th, 2022. Directed by Andrew L. Schmidt and Ben Hyben. Written by Eric McNamara and Kevin and Dan Hageman. Guest cast include Kate Mulgrew as Vice Admiral Janeway, Jason Alexander as Dr. Noom, Ronnie Cox as Admiral Jellicoe, Jamila Jamil as Asensia, Eric Biza as Vulcan Justice, and Robert Beltran as Captain Chakotay. <laughs> The Protostar crew attempt to escape, but are fired upon by the Federation fleet. With the Protostar's shields compromised, the crew leave Gwen to defend the bridge while they confront the Vindicator, Diviner, and Dreadnought, who have beamed aboard. Dreadnought easily incapacitates the crew while Gwen and the Vindicator fight on the bridge. In the fight, the Diviner is fatally wounded, attempting to save his daughter. At death, he shows remorse and entreats her to unify their people. In her delight, the Vindicator activates the weapon and Starfleet begins destroying itself. Estimating the protocol's remaining power, an explosion of that magnitude could wipe out this entire star system. But elongate that damage across dozens of light years in a short frame and... The destruction here is minimal. No one else gets hurt. No one else? Slow down! Pog isn't sure he likes this plan. We can make a shuttlecraft with the vehicle replicator and eject before detonation. Except, the Protostar's auto-controls are fried. Someone will have to stay back to detonate it. Adam, get us going on uh, Supernova. Supernova. So yeah, we jump right into this. This is the ultimate climax, the thing that we've been worrying about for most of the second half of the season. This weapon that has been put on the Protostar to um, destroy Starfleet, so there's not a first contact on Gwen and the Diviners. Homeworld. So yeah, it's pretty epic. You have um, all the um, Starfleet ships surrounding the Protostar, the crew of the Protostar. They're you know they're in distress because this is the thing that they were trying to avoid. They were been trying to stay away from Starfleet. They've been trying to find ways to communicate with Starfleet. And um, from the previous episode, when um, Dal and Janeway switch places, they obviously thought, well, maybe they have a way that Janeway can stop this. <laughs> That's the, the funny moment early on in the episode where Dal goes, well, I kind of think I might have harmed her reputation. So, yeah, we get right into this episode. I think the thing that surprises me about the episode is they fail. I mean, they, they the weapon is de- deployed. They, you know, the Diviner, the Vindicator, Dreadnought, they get on the ship and they deploy this weapon and Starfleet begins destroying itself. You know, a a lot of the times in Star Trek, yes, things become very dire, but they somehow pull it out. And, and that was, I kind of thought it was a a good, a a good choice to make here. And maybe that this is, that was the whole plan when they were writing the show that um, they're actually going to fail in preventing um, this catastrophe from happening. So that's what a lot of this episode is about, you know, fighting you know um obviously the diviner gwen's father he's kind of turned a new leaf after he spent time on the starfleet on the on janeway's ship and they showed him kindness and so that kind of turned him and um obviously you know he was trying to save his daughter and 
And that was, was a nice moment that, you know, he kind of realized that what he, what he was doing, what he was doing the right thing the wrong way. And he implored his daughter to, um, to do it the right way to save his, to save their people. So yeah, the first part of this episode, there's a lot of action and there's a a lot going on in there, but um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's a pretty good action, actually. They've really come a long way with that. The music's really good in this. I know we haven't really talked about it, but yeah, I really enjoyed the thematic thematic music and it's almost very cinematic. So sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No, I uh, I think this is uh, is very impressive, and it's a satisfying conclusion of the season. I think it's uh, it's well paced. I mean, there you know you can nitpick some things. We have uh, Janeway gets out of her cell pretty quickly and easily, and they kind of have some convoluted way to make that happen. Uh, but overall, I think uh, you know it's 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 wrapping up all the storylines. Uh, it's kind of hinting at things to come. Um, I, I, you know, I thought it moved pretty well. I will say I, I've been watching these with my young daughter and, uh, I think she's not feeling the best today, but I think she kind of got a little bored at times. There might've been some pacing things where it got a little plot heavy or something for, for kids or young kids maybe. Um, but, uh, and you know, there's, there's fun little things too. I mean, the defiant, we see the defiant, the real defiant. I mean, in this, that's pretty wild. It's a tough little ship. Yeah, indeed. And all the time travel things and where we are in time and what's happened in the alternate stuff, it's, it's pretty complex for a show that's targeting young people, but uh, especially, but I, I thought this was an entertaining conclusion to the season. I thought, it, I thought it worked. Yeah, you talk about a satisfying conclusion. The part two opens with, here's the plan, here's what we're going to do. And they complete it quickly. And there is a very long section where we actually get to wrap up all the stories and stuff. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> exactly what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what so a good. satisfying thing to do, isn't it? Isn't, what yeah. a shock. It's so nice and lovely uh, that those of us trekkers that live in the, the universe, we go on the journey, you know, we want this kind of conclusion. And it was, and it was very satisfying. I mean, obviously I was glad to hear that there was going to be another season, that there is another season. And now we know it's going to be on Netflix. So we're actually going to get to see, you know, where the story goes. But if there had never been another season, this would have been a satisfactory. I mean, you know, I could have lived with this ending. The bit with the friendly guard releasing Janeway. I mean, it's a, a fun little quick callback to an episode of Voyager. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. she runs onto the bridge and she's like, don't answer that. And then they <laughs> answer it. And it's like, you know, if you had spent five less seconds talking to that guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Interesting that Asensia escapes with, uh, what the, what's, what's it called? Dreadnought? Dreadnought, yeah. yeah. General Grievous, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Grievous didn't have a tail. That's the difference. <laughs> he had a lightsaber. So I assume we're going to see more of her eventually in the season two. Also, I mean, even John Noble's Diviner character sound, you know, there's a hint there that maybe we're going to see him, you know, much younger. Right. Before creating his progeny. That would also be very interesting in the season two. But I thought it was touching, you know, they didn't go overboard. It was quick when he died and. His death wasn't really worth very much. It's not like he died to save Gwen or something, but you do get the sense, obviously, that Essencia does not. She no longer trusts him, so she's smart in that regard. She can tell that there's been a change with him, the Diviner. It is fortunate that uh, Ultimate Weapon works so slowly. You know, I mean, you imagine the ships could just fire everything they got at all of each other and it would have been wrapped up, you know, but. I thought the same thing that 
the battle happened took quite a while. Yeah, well, we've been trained. If, if there's no shields, one well-placed shot can just right, take the whole right, shit down. Yeah, we've seen yeah. that many times. We are cloaking. Our shields are down. Boom. <laughs> yeah, but apparently not these more modern ships. Yeah, and it had a little bit of that sense of the 1701A at the end of Voyager, or Voyager, Voyage Home. You know, when they, oh, we destroyed the Protostar, and then unveiling the new Protostar class. It sure looks like the Protostar. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. It's a kid's show. It's fine. That was the replacement Defiant firing on the Protostar, right? So it's all right. Sorry. Universal Translator is failing again. That seems like a smart way to <laughs> mess up Starfleet. Why don't why don't more <laughs> villains, bad guys do that? Yeah, yeah. You've never seen that before, right? That's pretty good. Just make it a big tower of Babel. I enjoyed the um, hologram Janeway scene where she says goodbye. And there's a lot of weighted themes in this episode. You know, you think about this as for a, a younger audience. And there's Steve mentioned this earlier, you know, not just the time travel complexity of it, but I mean, just the inter character relationships and you know they basically kill two characters off here but they're really not dead you have the real Janeway and you still have the diviner that actually exists in in this particular timeline so um it was a good it was a good scene you know you kind of you realize that there right before you know when she's downloading and it's you know she's not gonna be able to download her own stuff but she's somebody's got to stay there and it's it also dawned on me you know Dal was gonna he was gonna go down with the ship you know, how, how far has this, this kid come from, you know, the very first episode in episode one, um, you know, where he only he had to, you know, this is where the character, this is where all the characters kind of came started from and where they ended at, where the beginning, all they could do is depend solely on themselves for survival. And um, by the end of it, you have Dal willing to sacrifice himself so that they can escape and they can go on to Starfleet. And he even, you know, that even comes up at the end of the episode where he's like, he thinks when he doesn't think he's going to be in Starfleet, he's like, you guys get to go. So it's, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of complex themes in this, in this, in this episode, really. And I agree totally with Steve on that. On that same note of growth and sacrifice, look at, you know, Gwen, she's never even been to her home world. She's never met anybody from her species except for the Diviner and Asensia. <laughs> they didn't get along too well. <laughs> no. And she's going to, you know, she's sacri- She's not going to join them so that she can go and try and save them. And Now, if she does and she prevents... No, no we're not going to think about the temporal mechanics. It gets very confusing. <laughs> But the implication, too, there is that because Hologram Janeway somehow intentionally used the destruction of the Protostar to generate the same wormhole that Chakotay used to escape, she's now provided them a way to jump 52 years into the future to try and rescue him? Do I follow that correctly? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's not, it's not like the wormhole from DS9 where it's in the same timeline. You're jumping to a different yeah. part of the universe and in a different part of time. Yeah, so I don't know how they're... It'll be interesting to see how they exactly keep Gwen's like side story alongside the main crew if they're in a different time or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll they find do out. there. But, we'll find yeah, out thanks to Netflix. <laughs> yeah, they set up a lot of, of fun things they can do there. Uh, I like some of the dialogue here. Like that 
mini super short um looking holla janeway um leave the message she leaves them it's it's pretty good it's pretty inspirational sure you know i have confidence you'll find your way together your potential is infinite it's pretty good even uh gwen's little speech there to get klingons and some others the gourd apparently i don't remember that but i read it so i guess it's true Mm -hmm. um to get them to come and assist so apparently the Gorn have come a long way since Strange New Worlds days. Even that was it's a pretty good speech. Pretty good writing. When you think about the way they've left this, and a season two is just by its nature going to have to be so different. You know, this whole season was really, this defined the show as this group of kids that are out there on their own, partially exploring and partially on the run. And that is not how they, what they've set season two up to be. What they've set season two up to be is a pretty different show. It's like finding Jacote and right, right. And with them as like almost like lower deckers on Janeway's ship, right? Mm-hmm. That, I'm not complaining at all. I'm just I'm just noting that by its nature, it sure seems like season two is going to be very, very different. I had that in my notes too, Brian. How I'm. You said this, you know, when we got started, Brian, this almost felt like a series ender type episode. Like this is the series finale. It didn't really feel like a season ender, but you know, here we go. When we start up season two, you're right. It's going to be a completely different show. Yeah. You could almost different dynamics, everything. You could almost give it a different name. Almost. Or maybe like a sub name, you know, a subtitle. (laughs) Yeah, it may be the one of the biggest shifts we've seen in a season, and what and what the nature of the sh- show changes, and so on. But it is kind of it is consistent to what we've seen in recent history in terms of various Trek series in this age we live in, because essentially a season becomes this tale, becomes like a you know it's 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 contained. It's a it's about a certain thing. Sure, it's a it picks up off what happened the last season, whatever. But it in many cases we've seen in the in recent Trek. Uh, series these kinds of things like we tell a story in this season we tell a different story in the next season etc and then we send discovery 900 years into the future i think this show did a really good job though of encapsulating you know what this first season what this first season it is and was ending it properly while still setting up the adventure for what's going to come and then they did a good job writing out of it i mean i look forward to season two to see what see how it i mean right could you can you even still call it prodigy i mean they they're not even going to take the the new prodigy prodigy ship apparently you know she's like i have bigger ideas so maybe it's that they've made the voyager a they've made five different proto starships and each one of the kids is going to captain a different ship there you go how's that it's gonna be like voltron and then they form a robot oh sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, and, and uh, well, again, I'll say I thought the action was actually pretty good. Like in in the first half, we you know when they, the battles and stuff that's going on. Obviously, it's fun to see all the ships that show up. Not quite the litany of oh my god, there's that ship. Oh my god, there's that ship. But a little bit of that. I think my my favorite part of the animation of um, when um, hologram Janeway was taking the protostar right before it the explosion you know the animation there looked really good the music was good the emotion was high because you knew janeway wasn't coming back and the crew you know they're bouncing around in the cargo bay i i really enjoyed that sequence of of the destruction of the protostar 
the shot of Dal, like right after the protostar exploded, you know, you can see the um, reflection mm -hmm. in the windows of the of the shuttlecraft they built, and just the look on his eyes. Um, you know, it was uh, you know it was an emotional moment. So I thought it hit home. So, what were these two episodes about? A couple things that I got. I mean, obviously, it's the finality of everything that's culminated in these first 20 episodes. Kind of the things that I got is, like, not everything goes to plan. Not everything goes how you plan it to, to be. You know, you can't control how things are going to turn out. You know, if you look at the themes of this second half of this first season, you know, the, the crew was desperate to keep the Protostar away from Starfleet. That didn't work out. Um, their plan was all to join Starfleet. That that didn't work out. Their plan was all to be together. That didn't work out because the Janeway hologram, um, you know, destroyed the Protostar. But in the end, you know, all their intention, you know, their energy, their intentions. So not not everything works out the way you want it to. But if your intentions are good and your your heart is in the right place, you still end up in a good place. And that's that's where this crew ended up. It's all of them ended up being in a good place. Even Gwen, you know, she's got she's, you know, learned to love and forgive her father and do what she can to help her people. So that's kind of the themes that I, I took out of this last episode. Yeah, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, but I think sacrifice plays such a role, not only in this episode, but it's in, in, in a sense in the whole series. I mean, you have the, the notion of the the primary villains are essentially a group of people that are sacrificing their lives and a time to go back and change things in order to get vengeance or to keep something from happening. You have uh, the Gwen's character, you know, she's not going to stay with them. She's sacrificing to move on. The whole time they're trying to do whatever they can to not blow up Starfleet. And then even then it ultimately takes a sacrifice to, to end all this thing, you know, with Janeway as a hog, the hologram Janeway and so on. So I think, I think that theme definitely pervades this episode and, and, and is also sprinkled throughout the series as a whole. Let's do six degrees for supernova. Adam. Eric Bauza plays the Vulcan Justice, who is skeptical of Janeway's arguments to absolve the Protostar crew of wrongdoing and admit them to Starfleet Academy. He previously played a Starfleet science officer who was the only crew member aboard a subspace relay station that the Protostar visits. That character's name was Barnes Blank. What was his last name? Barnes what? I have no idea. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I have no idea what his last name is. No clue. Steve? I, I'm, I'm familiar with it, but I can't think of the name. I'm sure it's going to be obvious once you say it. Barnes Frex. F-R-E-X, <laughs> mm. Frex. Now I remember, I even remember typing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, the name, Frex. Yep, yep, yep. Just a quick kind of overview of season one, now that it's really been finished. I feel like we've kind of been discussing it, but, you know, overall, I, I think it's a good show. I remember talking a lot about how I felt like the pilot did not serve the show well. I, for some reason, it just really, I thought the pilot was pretty weak and it wasn't anything like what the rest of the show was. You know, I remember watching the pilot uh, with the two, you know, with my fiance and my son, the people that, you know, live here. And they were both like, we're out. <laughs> they wouldn't watch anymore. But like the very next episode was what the show was. And I liked it. So it's unfortunate, I guess, that the pilot was what it was. I don't know what the solution there could have been other than maybe to tell it as flashbacks or something. But once we got past the pilot, 
I like the show. I like what the show was. I thought it was a cool idea for a show. I thought it was executed well. I I like the characters. I like their dynamic. I like the look of the show. I like the music. I mean, if I'm trying to find something to complain about, I I, I know I mentioned how the, kind of the fidelity of the image, like it seems like it's a low resolution or something. I don't know. That got better as the season went on, but it it always felt like if you watch any other animated show and then you jump to this one, it, this looks like it looks like animation from 10 years ago or something. So, I mean, that's, that's a minor complaint that I, if, as long as I'm with the story and the characters, then I'm not thinking about that stuff, which most of the time the show is good enough to do just that. So I, I like this show and I think um, I'm I'm glad that Netflix has picked it up and people are, maybe that, maybe that's even better in a way because Obviously, there's going to be a lot more, more people can watch it. Yeah. What are they releasing? What is it? 100 million people subscribe to Netflix and like 15 or 20 million subscribe to Paramount Plus, if that. Maybe it's 10 million or something. I don't know. Have they released season one on Netflix? Have they? I don't actually currently have a Netflix subscription. I'll be turning it on for season two. I don't think so. I can double check that. They said it was coming this, this fall. So it's got to come, if not this month, certainly next month. So, Brian, I have a question for you. Now with um, Picard done and, you know, seeing what what Seven has become and seeing the series or is the the cold heart for that that last episode of Voyager, is it softened a little bit? You know, you've kind of it's taken 20 plus years, well, but you've kind of gotten what you wanted. You've gotten a little bit of, um, you know, the next, the next season here of Prodigies, presumably we're going to get some Chakotay. Chakotay stuff. There's also some other things if you've seen i don't remember if there was a trailer if we read about it but definitely you know i'm not going to spoil it but we did hear that there is some other fun voyager stuff in prodigy season two so maybe ask me that question in a year <laughs> also you know lower decks you know give us a little little bit of the voyager so you guys have any kind of final thoughts here for prodigy season one I enjoyed it. I'm I'm looking forward to season two. I had the same. You kind of just brought that up and mentioned it. So I'm I'm interested to see if we'll see any more Voyager characters beyond Janeway and Chakotay. I would I wouldn't I would assume there wouldn't be any seven, and I don't see a reason for her to be in this. But I mean, yeah, some of the other characters, maybe the maybe the Doctor, maybe we need a new holographic character. Who knows? Yeah, I, I enjoyed this too, and I, I do also like how it feels kind of like a natural, in some respects, like a natural successor to Voyager, kind of like the conclusion in some for some of these characters that we didn't get before. But um, I, I think I think it, they did a really good job, and it definitely holds up to repeat viewings. I, I like many of these things. I, I like it. I, I, I like this better watching it this most recent time than the first time. So the nice thing I was thinking about, you know, I'm, I, I was disappointed that the holographic Janeway was, you know, killed off, supposedly. We'll see what happens with that, if they bring her back or not. But at the same time, it'll give us more opportunity to get to see actual Janeway Janeway and maybe get a little more character development from her, what she's what she's been up to, and just the actual character Janeway. So I, that's, I'm hopeful that maybe we'll get a little bit more of that in Season 2, and they'll have room for that since they don't have the holographic Janeway to, to write for. All right. Well, our plans for the rest of the year. We're going to be back in two weeks. We are going to have two more episodes this calendar year, and they are it's going to be kind of a part one and part two for us, where we kind of discuss our feelings about all of the Kurtzman's secret hideout 
Star Trek shows, you know, so all the current stuff, starting with Discovery, we're just going to kind of kind of talk about where it's been and where it's at and where it's going and how we feel about it. And that's how we're going to spend the rest of the year. And then we've got some ideas for what we're going to do when we come back to talk about actual, to review actual episodes in January. Um, but we're, we haven't exactly decided yet. Uh, <laughs> we're, so we're limited we on options, finally. Yeah, that's true. So depending, we're we're basically we're we're hoping that either Netflix announces a premiere date for Prodigy season two, or Paramount Plus announces a premiere date for Discovery season five. Those, if they, if one of the either one of those things happens, it might make the decision for us. But we're not in a hurry to figure that out for now. We hope you'll join us in two weeks as we start kind of recapping where we're at now. So in the meantime, you can send us an email. If you have anything you'd like to contribute to those conversations, send us an email and we might read your, your email. You can send that email to trekcompanion at gmail.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. That's at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending a half an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.